Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Marnie Schwarzenberger, and Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Faze. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have escaped the Orc lines and arrived at FOB Charlie. Marnie lived through the journey, Atticus proved that Orc guns are best when they're thrown, and Valentine drove them to their destination intact. Can they receive medical care without being killed? Find out in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Copy of an Imperial communication uh, received by frontline glorious regals uh first lieutenant uh tim hagar tim hagar uh we're an inquisitor don't shoot us look for the waving skull don't shoot note from tim hagar um yeah we kind of kept shooting we weren't really sure if this was just a clever ploy or not i mean he kind of sounds like the orcs some of the orcs like the fancy orcs Anyway, we may have shot at an Inquisitor. Uh, help? Uh, Marnie, you wake up in a strange smelling room. Um, there is uh, all manner of uh, horrific human um, stank floating through the air, as well as... Um, the, uh, the the kind of rare smell of, of chemical and disinfectant that only seems to exist in in hospitals um but uh you you blink your eyes uh a couple of times uh and realize that you're not dead so that's nice that's 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 nice for you yeah um yeah Atticus, <laughs> it's nice for Laura <laughs> yeah yeah um based on the Twitter response to the episode where you took an axe to the chest I think it's gonna be good for the listeners too um <laughs> Atticus, uh, as the least injured person coming into this, um, I think you've kind of been standing nearby, uh, kind of keeping an eye on on Valentine and, and Marnie. Um, is uh, is Atticus a tea guy? Is he a coffee guy? What would what would his his like downtime beverage of choice be? Uh, I mean, if there's no beer, uh, tea. Tea. Okay, great. Um, <clears throat> So um, you come over with uh, a, a dented tin mug of uh, of tea, but like industrial grade. Like I always think of tea as a very comforting thing, um, but like it's 40K, damn it. So I'm imagining it's like, it's not like it's industrial grade, like military ration tea. Just served in a skull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it's like a little like metal cage. Like it's not a nice... Thing where it's just like a, an envelope of paper that just kind of clings to, to the side. Um, but you know, it's it's warm, so that's nice at least. Uh yeah. it's been um it's been a few hours uh since you all arrived at uh Ford Operating Base um Charlie. Um both Valentine and Marnie have been in and out of consciousness as um uh Dr. Eris patches them up. Um, which has meant that uh Atticus, you've kind of been um it's fallen to you to kind of keep an eye on things as well as get a lay of the land. Uh, obviously, last time you were with an Imperial Guard regiment, they tried to kill you. Um, so as uh, Marnie blinks uh, and you kind of um, see that she's coming to, you start making your way over to her. But I'm curious what you've been up to in the few hours that uh, she's been under. 
Uh, I would have received some medical treatment too, uh, I would hope. Um, but I would have basically, um, stayed with the two of them. I would have seen yep. that they were both, uh, kept in the same room and I, and I would stay in that room as well. Um, and basically I would, uh, be on guard duty, only admitting, uh, people to, um, to like administer healing or, or the necessary surgery or anything like that on either one of them. All these like imperium like looky loos of being like oh it's an inquisitor so like those people are not allowed in people that like want to like ingratiate themselves to an inquisitor or mm. or to even like see if the rumors are true i'm not letting them in or anything like that people that have questions like want to report from me on what happened and how we came to be in a boom a snaz wagon they don't get a fucking word out of me i'm sending <laughs> them down the fucking hall uh right. yeah <laughs> i love it okay um so with that in mind then one second lost my character sheet here um one second there we go tom you're a dm your cunning is six <laughs> it's higher than legally allowed in the game but you've established you have that ability <laughs> I, I do great i'll, I'll take it so it's helping you. you rebuild your character sheet oh that's great uh i see very good. Um, <laughs> cool. So, Tyler, uh, I think then um, what I would like from you is a uh, a discipline or a cool check, uh, which is just for how successful you are at turning away all looky loose. I think it, I think it's going to be discipline because I think it is that makes there, more sense to me too. I think there's a vigilance aspect to it where it's it's not like oh, vigilance is a thing on this, but no, no, uh, discipline. Um, because yeah, I, I think it's it's not about being cool or, or or smoothly like I will be as abrasive as I need to be to make them leave. <laughs> like gotcha. it's not about being cool or persuasive. It's about being a human wall. Gotcha. Um, so we're gonna go with uh, difficulty of three, just because you did make a rather dramatic entrance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Willpower. Um, and do I have anything going on for will stuff? I don't think I do. Right. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Whenever you're ready. Two failures, one threat. Um, okay. So um, the uh, you're, you are able to successfully not answer questions because I don't think you need to roll to not talk. Um, but um, you are, uh, the three of you are put under um, a, a guard. Uh, like there, there are several uh, sort of like, almost like the equivalent of like military police um who are specifically meant to, to kind of watch, keep an eye on you guys. Um, so I'll also say that has limited uh, your ability to kind of move around the camp and get the lay of the land, but... Um, that wasn't uh, going anywhere anyway. Yep, yeah, great. Mm. Um, okay, cool. Um, but they are highly suspicious of, of the three of you. It's, uh, there's, there's no reason that um, a, uh, uh, a Karasit soldier should be here... Um, 
they're definitely suspicious of Valentine and uh, you kind of fit fit in a bit better, but also you showed up in a uh, in a snaz wagon, so they're kind of confused. Um, cool. So um, Laura and well, actually all three of you, um, you can uh, bring yourselves up to um, half of your uh, threshold. Oh, nice. Um, if you are already at half of your threshold, um, you can bring yourself up by uh, an additional quarter of your, your threshold. So basically, with quick field medicine that um, Dr. Eris is doing, you're not going to get the full treatment. Um, they're just going to patch you up enough that you're no longer falling apart. Um, you'll need actual rest and, and care to, to get back up to, to full. Um Great. So, um, Tyler, or with that role, then um, you have to have a conversation with the doctor as uh, as they treat you. Um, you uh, you were aware that um, uh, they're a very efficient doctor, and that ultimately, like you guys, could get patched up without causing too much of a stir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say that the guards watching you—it's not like they're investigating you or anything. Like it's not. This is it. This is the you know until you can give a statement, we're just going to keep an eye on you, kind of thing. Okay. Um, so it's not like your your cover has been completely blown, um, but uh, yes, uh, Doctor Eris, as uh, they're patching patching you up, uh, says. Uh, so I'm guessing it's not exactly a coincidence that uh, you showed up with a half dead Inquisitor and a half dead soldier from a unit that doesn't exist anymore, huh? Well, you are my favorite sawbones, Eris. Uh, well, you're my my favorite punchy guy. Um, and, uh, Eris just kind of, um, grins and, and shakes their head. Um, they, they've met you, I think you, you've probably met once or twice. Um, but there's, um, there is a, a degree of kind of understanding, um, in that, uh, Colesti works much the same way you do. Like there's a job to do. You do the job as efficiently, like there's no bedside manner. There's no, that's fine. Pleasantries. It's just like. I am, I, I, you know, my job is to keep the machine going. The machine happens to be a bunch of squishy humans. Fuck. Yep. Um, so uh, they um, uh, they kind of examine your wounds, get you patched up. Uh, as they're working on uh, Valentine, uh, they just say, um, word of the wise uh, to their vis. Um, from what I've heard, uh, there is only uh, one inquisitor who has any sway on this planet uh that is uh of course uh the, the inquisitor uh barthus billingberg the 12th um inquisitor billingberg uh has sole domain uh over vicodin and i don't know if your uh compatriot here uh is aware of that or has has spoken to uh billingberg but um just be aware that uh inquisitors might not receive the same cooperation here on Vicodin that they have elsewhere. Uh, I, I saw one come through once and um, they got a, a stern talking to from someone pretty high up the chain. So tread tread lightly. Well, it's my understanding that there's no one further up the train than our Lord Emperor. So if we do not receive the appropriate cooperation, those who cross us can be sure to receive the highest imaginable pu- imaginable bull punishments. Uh, they just <laughs> shrug and say, yeah, okay, good luck with that. Um, all right, uh, none of the three of you look like you're going to die now, uh, at least not from, from these wounds. 
Um, make sure these two don't get uh, eviscerated and almost chopped in half again, and they, they should be uh, okay-ish um, in the future. And uh, yeah, good luck with your complaint box delivery to the Emperor. I'm sure he'll get right on that. Uh, and then Eris, without another word, just sort of rushes off to go help um, further injured people being brought through. Uh, which is around the time that Marty starts to wake up. Uh, Marty, you 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 blink your eyes. Um, you see uh, Vis approaching with uh, with a, a mug of dented mug of tea. Uh, what's going through your head as you wake up? Um, I just want to know what happened to the orcs and if we won. That's it. I'm alive. Great. Check. Cool. Um, so Atticus. Uh, Marnie uh, wakes up asking about the orcs. What do you tell her? War's not over. But you're alive to fight another day, trooper. Okay, so it's time for us to get back into the fight. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, I, I, just... was, I was told to advise you not to get eviscerated or cut in half again. Apparently, that's not going to be good for you. That, um, oh, who would advise something like that? Of course. Yeah, well, Doc Harris is uh, a little cut and dry when it comes to the bedside manner. I'd still listen to that advice, though. Uh, are you all right with laying in bed and resting a bit while the Inquisitor comes to? No, I have to get back to the fight, and I just start getting out of bed. Well, now you're part of the Inquisition now, uh, Miss, not Miss. No, I wouldn't do Miss. Uh, Schwarzenberg, <laughs> Schwarzenberger, is it? Yeah. Yeah. You're part of the Inquisition now, Trooper Schwarzenberger. Oh. Your old responsibilities no longer apply. <laughs> My brain just kind of like breaks a little bit as I like <laughs> have to like, there's, there's a new chain of command, which like. I was aware of in the battlefield, but it was still the battlefield. So I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That I knew. This is like (laughs) a whole new world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will wait for the Inquisitor then. Um, It's probably a good idea. And yeah, Marnie, as as you sit up, um, your vision swims a bit uh, and you realize your your arm is in a sling uh, and you've got kind of um, a weird medical webbing over the massive injury to your shoulder, um, you can't really feel your arm right now. Why is um, this not healed? <laughs> well, it's it's been a few hours. <laughs> that should be plenty of time for this stupid doctor. <laughs> uh, Laura, go ahead and roll me a Medicaid check, please. Okay. Uh, difficulty of three. <laughs> uh, Medicaid, that's intellect. Okay, so we're not doing great there. Land of your strengths. Difficulty of three. Oh boy. <laughs> One advantage, two failures. Sorry, we've got uh, the, the grumble of, of vehicles outside. One of the camp Ooh. dogs is just barking away. <laughs> One of the servitors is broken, just in the edge of the room. It's trying to raise its arm, but you just hear the whirring of a gear. Just... <laughs> yeah, the muffler's not doing too good. Someone's poked a hole in the muffler. <laughs> you gotta muffle the servitors. That's the problem yeah. with the Mechanicum. Um, all right. So, Laura, uh, now the dog is sorted. What uh, What was your role? One advantage, two failures. Um, okay. 
yeah, you, uh, this should be healed. Everything you know about medical science suggests that if it doesn't kill you, it will somehow make you stronger and you do not feel stronger. And this is, this, yeah. this is bullshit, um, is, is what I think Marnie is, is feeling. Um, <laughs> but, um, sure enough, as soon as you, you sit up, like you, you feel like the world spins around you and you almost fall over. So yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to, to take some time with this and, you know, yeah, no, I am. Yes. This is like, I will, I will be of no use in the fight. I well, will stay here. Not right away, but you'll bounce back quick enough here. Let me fix you a cup. That is assumed. Yes. I bring you a dented mug of tea. I'll add, add freaking down it. <laughs> it burns Another. so good all the way down. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great. So uh, as uh, Atticus, you continue to do tea runs for uh, Marnie, <laughs> uh, Valentine, um, you uh, you slowly come to. Uh, the pain is still real rough, but um, you know you you look down and see bandages crisscrossed and, and again, so this weird medical webbing. Um, all of this is I don't know if uh, any of you have ever had the the weird um, steri strip things they give you to like help. It's basically if you, they aren't giving you stitches, they'll give you these little like sterile almost like, like the butterfly tape. yeah yeah it's basically yeah. just like wound tape so it's that kind of situation it's a field hospital so they're gonna like get you to the bare minimum of okay and then you're you're off to it so definitely not uh the highest grade medical care you've ever received but also better than you know uh theme park world um mm -hmm. it's it's nice to be back under imperial knives again um so um valentine you you slowly wake up uh, you see Vis delivering tea to Marnie, who seems to be uh, sitting up, though still grievously wounded. Uh, and uh, you find yourself uh, in field hospital. You immediately notice there are guards, um, but they aren't actively paying attention to you, so you you feel like you're in okay shape. What do you do? Cool. The first thing he'd do is uh, get himself back into his uniform with his breastplate and the coat and everything, because the battlefield has shifted from you know, being the person with guns to political power, he knows the moments things get complicated. So he wants to be sure that he looks as intimidating and capable and imperial as possible because that's a weapon that he has been taught by his former master is exceedingly useful. Uh, and once he is uh, fully decked out as himself, uh, minus the, like, weird stormtrooper armor he'd like yeah, strapped yeah. on top of his other armor so he doesn't mm. look like a kid in his dad's clothes <laughs> anymore. I came from the battlefield. I did a battle. Yep. Yeah, uh, so he's dressed up, and it'll be Atticus. Report on the situation, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, and um, yeah, since I rolled so badly, I guess Atticus doesn't have a whole ton to report, but he'll just basically mention. Um, uh, well, we arrived uh, at Forward Operating Base, Charlie. You announced our arrival and promptly passed out, sir. Collected yourself and uh, Trooper Marnie here, brought you in to receive care. Uh, Doctor Eris performed medical. Uh, procedures on the both of you, and now you are uh, recovering. It's been about uh, five or six hours, sir. They posted a guard out front, and uh, I permitted no visitors other than medical staff, sir. Excellent work. Now, if you don't mind me asking, who are these guards, and who deigned to set them upon us? Well, there's talk of a uh, only one Inquisitor that gets... Uh, cooperation on this planet one uh i wrote it so fast i can't read it barthus uh, billingberg 
one Barthis Billingberg, sir. I've not heard that name, but apparently he's the one in charge and another Inquisitor on the planet is not exactly welcome news. That is a bit of a surprise, especially if he has some sort of I'm the only one complex. Uh, do I know anything about Barthus Billingberg, Tom? Is this a name that I would know from this sector? Um, go ahead and roll a <laughs> Inquisition check. Um, fuck, I would normally say like a history, but do you want to do like a forbidden lore? Uh, yes, let's do that. Sure. Cool. Then let's see what I've got. What's my difficulty, Tom? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say difficulty of um, four uh, for this one. One advantage, two failure. Uh, one advantage, two failure. Okay. Twins. <laughs> yeah, we only have uh, those dice. Those are the only dice we yeah. have. They only do that. <laughs> Um, cool. So no, you haven't heard of of this guy, but um, for your point of advantage, uh, I will give you that it is highly unlikely he is an inquisitor of this sector. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, there are a lot of question marks in this thing that do not make sense to Valentine at this point. Uh, I think he would then go uh, and essentially, I don't know if we got like a door. I don't know what our situation is, but. Um, yeah, there's a, it, it's a a tent. Um, okay, great. But then it I does think... have a front front flap. There are guards posted outside uh, of that. Um, but yeah, you've got the the two, the two cots, kind of the, the chair where um, uh, Atticus has been hanging out. Um, and he can, he has been coming and going to get tea. It's just like under watch. Cool. Uh, I think Valentine would just uh, go to the the tent flap and kind of open it up and look to whichever guard looked the most in charge. So I requested the presence of a ranking commissar in this area. Uh, why have they not arrived yet? Um, and uh, the uh, trooper uh, looks at you and says, uh, uh, well, sir, um, we've been unable to ascertain any uh, details or information about uh, how exactly... Uh, Y'all ended up in the uh, in the field, particularly in the, uh, the uh, hijacked orc vehicle. Until we have uh, more answers on that, uh, the commissar, uh, for safety reasons, will not be approaching. Uh, your compatriot with the power fist was quite adamant that uh, no one should talk uh, to anyone. So uh, now that you seem to be up and about, sir, uh, I'm sure the commissar would be happy to happy to speak to you. Excellent. I look forward to them attending me. I'll. I'll wait here, I guess. Uh, could you have food brought in? That'd be wonderful. Uh, and he'll just walk away without even waiting for an answer. Like, I think his, his strategy here is just, like, act like you're in charge. <laughs> yep. And then come down like the wrath of the emperor on the first person <laughs> to object to you being in charge. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Interesting so, fact about Valentine. He's good at intimidation <laughs> and lying. There is no charm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go ahead with... Um, Intimidation, which I believe would be coercion. Yeah, it's coercion in this one. Uh, let's go ahead with coercion, please. Great. What's the difficulty? Two. Uh, I'm going to give you one setback for the sort of mass confusion about what's going on. Mm. Three success. Nice. 
Okay. Um, so the uh, the two soldiers confer for a moment, um, but your requests are entirely reasonable. It's not like you're like, bring me a ship and some guns. Um, <laughs> so uh, they um, one of them uh, nods to to just sort of a camp aide who rushes off and, and gets uh, some food brought in. Um, as, uh, as the food's getting set up, uh, the three of you have a moment to kind of catch up uh, in a non-combat setting um, for a moment uh, before the commissar arrives. Is there anything you think you would discuss? We can safely assume that everyone gets roughly caught up on what's going on, just so that we don't have to play out a scene where you all just kind of recap the last few adventures yeah. uh, for each other. Um, you can listen to the beginning of the episode for that. Um, so uh, everyone gets roughly caught up on uh, what's going on. The only things I think, and I think I know the answer to this, that are, are worth kind of qu- uh, adding as question marks are, Valentine, would you share your working theory about the battlefield now? You do have a bit of time. Uh, and Marnie, would you mention that you heard a voice in your head? I suspect Marnie probably wouldn't, given that that seems like bullshit to her. But yeah, I I, I think there's just like um, she totally brushes it off as like a hallucination. Perfect. Well, friends, I believe the situation is somewhat more complicated than we may have first estimated. It appears, based on the forces present and the lack of awareness of this conflict on a central world, that this is some sort of for lack of a better term, it's a distraction. This is a war that is meant to not end. The commands we've seen don't make sense. They were shelling too deeply, enough to deny reinforcements but not prevent the charge. Imperial lives seem to be being spent to delay a conflict and keep it going. And the fact that there is the Inquisition involved is immensely complicated. I don't know if this Inquisitor is innocent. I doubt it. Uh, One of the rules of the Inquisition is innocence proves nothing and assume guilt. Uh, And we have a rogue trader to hunt down. I have limitless authority because of the Inquisition. He also has limitless authority because of the Inquisition. This could be complicated. Essentially right now, have you ever played uh, Calvin Ball? Have you ever heard of this? Uh, I've I've heard of it, sir, yeah. (laughs) Yes, uh, Lord Arkham Calvin uh, was one of the High Lords of Terror uh, several centuries ago, Uh, and he had part of his brain lost in a servitor accident, just attacked by a loading servitor. And then he created a game that he called Calvin Ball uh, that he played uh, with a number of other High Lords before his execution for treason. Uh, Essentially, it was a game where he brought a gun into a room uh, along with a mace, uh, and then he made up whatever rules he wanted for about an hour, and whoever left the room lost because he always won. This will be an improvisational experience for all of us. I intend to win, and I intend for our enemies to die. That's all. Are you going to kill everyone here? I hope not. I believe the guard, ultimately having seen the two of you have come from it, are not actually at fault for this conflict. However, I have grave concerns about Barthus Billingberg XII uh, and the generals of the armies involved, as well as the unit that turned on our dear Atticus. I I must say it is, uh, it was a shock to me to discover uh, this base here so equipped. I have been fighting a personal war with these orcs for 10 years. How has it not ended? What is going on? What I like is that you and I are asking the same questions. It shows you you have a certain cunning about you, Marnie, that I find incredibly charming. Also, to be absolutely clear, Atticus, uh, all of the skull crawlers uh, I will schedule for execution the moment we have the ability. 
perfect. Uh, and there is one uh, technician or uh, engineer, one Balto, I believe their name was. They put that damn device on my arm that rendered it useless. I'd like to see to them done in as well. Wonderful. If you could, uh, and he'll just take out his data slate and offer it to Atticus, just be like, write down the names of everyone you know is involved uh, with your betrayal. I'd love to have a list that I could just hand off to the commissariat. Uh, I write down all the lists of the people that I met uh, in the, in that unit. Um, uh, Atticus also asks uh, if it's uh, if it's not too forward, so I be curious to know how you came to uh, Planet Vicodin. Were you sent here? Were, uh, are we on a mission, sir? Yes. I was sent here by the Emperor, who sent me holy visions after the crash of a battleship, warning me that there are ten figures who will see him torn from his throne if we do not stop them. I travelled from world to world, desperately on ships with allies hard won and hard lost. Then I crashed on this planet, discovering you here. And that means the three of us are the only ones who can carry out a quest that will save the Emperor and the Imperium. That's how I came to be here. That's how you came to be here. And that is why we cannot fail. Atticus's eyes are like as big as dinner plates. <laughs> and his, his fingers unconsciously like reach up to the, uh, uh, the, the etching on his armor. Of, uh, of the god emperor with his sword. <clears throat> uh, he has no response. He's completely blown away. <laughs> so this mission will require us to carry out things that lesser people would not. It will require us to hunt for corruption and root out those in the highest seats of imperial authority. It will require, ultimately, for our friends and for those who do not know us, perhaps to think us traitors, to think us treasonous, to think us heretics. But we do this for the throne, friends. We will make sure the Imperium marches on at the cost of our own reputation and lives, if need be, because we're already heroes. Very good, sir. I'm looking forward to my first game of Calvin Bowl. You've brought the Imperium's best mace, and I, like, cock my arm, and I gesture over to Marnie, and the biggest gun. Tell me who to shoot, and I will shoot them. Excellent. So Sepwan is figuring out who to shoot, but I love the energy in this room. So I've got a commissar <laughs> coming. Uh, we'll see where the lay of the land is here, and then we'll figure out the next steps. You want a cup of tea, sir? Yeah, that would be lovely. Also, I got food for everyone. Please, just collect whatever you need. I'm sure it's terrible, but it's what they had on offer. And with that, uh, the new members of the Valentine Heresy <laughs> um, break bread and enjoy a brief meal before being rudely interrupted by the arrival of the Commissar. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante, at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt, at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, as Atticus Vase. Laura Hamstra, at EL Hamstring on Twitter, as Marnie Schwarzenberger. And our Game Master, Tom McGee, at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. 
When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings. I am the modestly handsome obituary writer of this fetching town of Crestfall, Idaho, and this is Death by Dying. Death is exhausting, and so, after a long day of funeral attending, I had retired to my apartment to get some shut-eye. I loosened my Versace tie and changed into my Egyptian silk pajamas. Are you the detective in town? No, I'm the obituary writer. Really? Someone said you solve murder cases. Murder? I'm Charlotte, by the way. Forgive me, but I haven't gotten past the murder part. Charlotte, the friend I now have, is staying in the apartment above her Aunt Lillian's bookshop. She was my aunt. She was all I had growing up. I need to know why she's gone. Murder is the spice of life. I knew just who I had to see. The Angel of Death. We have become friends over the years. Careful. Death is ever-present. Her pet, the button-eyed raven, moaned inconsolably as usual. Your friends are abandoning you, one by one. You write about death, O.W. But how much do you know about what it feels like to lose someone? The shadow in the dark woods is making its way into Crestfall. Listen to Death by Dying on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher.